I thought you were going to say something. No. You're going to say right. Right. There it is. Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It's lunchtime in Rome. Tonight's episode 206, entitled Very Good Relationships, Mutual Giving. Tonight at the table, we will continue to talk about how to take your relationship from good to very good. We will be discussing the third component that all very good relationships have. It can't just be a one-way relationship. Pull up a seat at the table and join us. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or watch us live or later at youtube.com slash at lunchtime in Rome. Visit us at www.lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media, and it would be great if you could give us a five-star review. Jay Midlow, what specifically is this podcast about? <laughs> Being alone is the worst. Good times aren't as good, and bad times are worse when you're all alone. Romans 12.15 says to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from being alone and what this podcast is all about. We demonstrate that in the first 15 minutes of the podcast, and we talk about it for the rest. So while it may not be 12.15 in Rome, we're treating it like it is. Lunchtime in Rome! Announce your voiceover. Okay. Uh, we're back from vacation. We were off for a week. Welcome back. Thanks. We got Duke at the table. Duke. Yay. And we also have Rachel, which you Is already that who that was? heard speaking with her grandma glasses on. It was me. <laughs> Help, I'm stuck in a tree. Aw, Sophie Masloff, R.I.P. Hmm. Um, so I'll go first. Update. <laughs> uh, vacation was awesome. Vacation was, I keep on saying this over and over again because I just keep on telling people, but it was the best vacation we've had in about four years. Uh, Maggie's also four years old, so you can do the math on that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she's been a lot, and it's a lot parenting uh, somewhere else, aka vacation, which is, shout out to my boss, he always says, vacation, like when you're when you're a parent, especially of this age, oh. is just parenting somewhere else. That's all you're doing. It's a trip. It's it not is a, a trip. vacation. Unless you're Owen's dad, then it's a vacation. No, no, it was, it was, it was still <laughs> yeah. pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, it's and he's just, an easy kid. He, he is, is an, an easy he's kid, an easy yeah. kid, as far as I know. You know, and Maggie's a good kid, but she's yes. she's just very active and she needs attention and you know is is a lot. Um, but this year we were just surrounded, as we always are, by really great people. Joe and Leah. Um, you don't Abby, find many twenty-one Bella. and twenty-year-olds who are like, yeah, I want to spend time in the water with your four-year-old, right? That's kind of like, special, man. Like it would be, you know. Amy and I would be taking our turns going out together. We all go together. And then, you know, Maggie it never has enough. Like, she always wants to go back out mm -hmm. into the water and, you know, hey, let's go. And then, lo and behold, here comes Joe and Leah. Let's go. Or you guys did it. You mm -hmm. know, you guys would come up. And, like, it was just wonderful. And we, we felt like we could breathe this vacation, um, which was nice. I felt like she slept much better. Like, last year, she had a rough time settling down at night and, like... Who, Maggie? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like she played hard and slept hard on this trip. Yes. Uh, she didn't wake up once, I don't think, in the middle of the night. Well, that's not true. I was going to say. I remember a couple uh, of no, there was a, Well, we won't tell. We won't say why. 
Daddy was snoring. Uh, <laughs> we won't say why. Daddy was snoring. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was just it was just nice and actually relaxing. Like we I actually got to see Amy for a good part of the trip. Right. Which we normally don't. You know, I know tonight's um shows about mutual giving and in the past years we've you know, one of us has gone to bed so mm-hmm. that the other one can stay up and have fun, you know, um playing games and whatnot and um the other one does the opposite and we switch off and on, um, making sure we don't miss out. But we also, there's that element of missing out because we're not together. And this year we got to stay up and, and do a lot of that together. And that yeah. was just awesome. Um, Though I do apologize for all the things that Maggie learned this week. Well, we're pinching cheekers everywhere. <laughs> we're, we're just, we're huh? pinching cheekers at Aldi. We're pinching cheekers. No, I'm just kidding. Actually. <laughs> Actually. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was great. I, you know. Yeah, fine. Like I feel like we finally had a really great vacation in the past several years. So I'm, I'm glad that vacation didn't seem like work. Yeah, yeah. right, right. I, I, can, I, I can get away from you. I actually thought, you know, because our our friends Justin and Lauren, who have oh, yeah. also sat at the table, they came down for the latter half of the week, and I told Amy, I was like, "Do you want to do one more day?" And like, never. And like in the past three years that we've gone right. down, I would have never said that ever but right. i was like i could do one more day um we didn't um but, but i, I could have i thought you were gonna point out watching them with noah oh yeah that well there was a moment uh i'll try to be quick but there was a moment it was like looking back in time where that we were ending the day on the beach noah was you know noah's one n- no noah's two. two. Oh, he's two, two. he's two. Oh, two um so he's full on two-year-old and uh he was running away and he's being a handful and, and Lauren looks at Justin and she's like, I'll just take him back if you can just get all this stuff, you know, get all the stuff yeah. off the beach. And I was just like, yep. I was like, and I went up to him and I was like, buddy, what do you need me to carry? Because uh-huh. like, you know, cause it was just yeah. one of those moments I was like, I, it's like looking back the past couple of years. I get it. So let's let's do this and, and let's take out everything back. So, yeah, it's it very much was not that, which was awesome. It was great. Noah is such a cute little Oh, he is oh cute. Gosh. There's some pictures that Justin got of Maggie and Noah that are just yeah. really cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's Duke? Uh, Duke's doing all right. Uh, though the past three weeks have been a little rough. I've kind of mm. been, I don't know, my, my mood has been muted um, just because my, I've been dealing with a shoulder uh, oh. injury lately for like the, the ever since ever since vacation, which was like three weeks ago. Uh, I had my my press day and um, something went wrong. And, and afterwards, uh, I press some... day bench press. Got it. Yes, Go on. Yes. So uh, was it a bench press or a shoulder? Yeah, it was. Press yeah, it was, it was. It was a bench press and an overhead press. That was the, mm-hmm, the root of the mm-hmm. issue. And ever since then, I've, I, 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 what I think is impingement. Oh, but I not... can talk to you about impingement. Oh, is that right? Oh, I've got it both shoulders. But wait, the okay. mine's structural. Okay. I, I don't know what mine is, and it's to the point where I was literally talking with Eric the other day. Like it's it's that bad. I can't I can't full press. I can't even like do barely half the weight. Sorry, go ahead. Rachel. Well, that was my question. Does yeah. it hurt on the way up or on the way down? Both. Ooh. Yep. Hmm. Yep. Yep. And it just yeah, it just sucks. I I can I can press like maybe half the weight that I usually can, but then you know I'm not making any progress. Oh, you're so. still doing work. Yeah, yeah, I can I can do other like things like I can obviously do lower body and I can do like a lot of pull exercises, but pressing like pushing is really difficult. Like, can me. you do like a lat pull down or can you do a yes. pull up? Yes, with I, zero pain, m- more more or less zero pain. Yeah, like yeah. next to nothing. 
But um, but yeah, mm-hmm. that, anything pushing is really really, especially overhead press. Mm-hmm. Is, oh gosh, Whoa. yeah. I mean, having impingement, yes. Like yeah. when it first when I first noticed it, I was actually swinging a baseball bat of all things, softball. Um, but it felt like somebody put a hot axe through my shoulder. And then after that, like after the inflammation, you know, and I'm washing my hair by bending over, you know, I couldn't even wash. Oh my yeah. Hair. Oh yeah. Yeah. But then it was just weak. Mm-hmm. Like it, there wouldn't be searing pain, but like I would be doing it was my right dead. arm first yeah. and my left arm was going, I'm like, mm, mm, the right <laughs> arm's not moving. Huh? That's weird. But Wait, anyhow, are you for or against chiropractor? Uh, I, I had a bad experience with a chiropractor growing up, but Eric has I just, just sent you this information. Yeah, good on you. So I, <laughs> I, I, you've like sung the praises of your chiropractor like yeah. all the time. So I, I, I'm, I'm, it's to the point where I need to seek some type of yeah. professional yeah. help. I'll try it out, and I'm, I'm willing to do that. So. Oh, listen, I once had a bad shoulder, mm-hmm. um, and we had a chiropractor at our gym who also practiced there, and so he's like, "Well, let me do some stuff," and so he did, and he kind of diagnosed it and then he put do you know what rock tape is is it this like stretchy tape that yes kinda like, like kind of like an ace bandage but it's real sticky yeah. sometimes it comes in fun colors and everything. Yes. yeah lydia does that and he rubbed it in tiger balm first like that kind of icy hot okay and the way he put the tape on it kind of lifted it mm. oh man that was hmm. that was it that was you know and just mm-hmm. rest i'm not saying that's sure. what is going on with you but i'm saying like i feel like First step would go see somebody. To yeah, see. yeah. I was a good kind of yeah. I was hoping to like self like right. fix it just because the 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 ultimate goal is to strengthen the area. It's just a matter of like what needs strengthened, like what's imbalanced, and I don't really know that off the top of my well, head. Well, the first thing they probably say is rest it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not good with that. Right, that's kind of a bummer. But <laughs> yeah, the gym is my happy place. You know? Aww. My so. I went to an orthopedic surgeon and he diagnosed it as impingement and mm-hmm. basically. The bone that's on top is supposed to go straight out. Mm. Mine go down. Mm. So, like, over the years, instead of just my upper arm doing this, right. it was grinding away yeah. and grinding away. Yep. And so his solution was to cut off the ends of my collarbones and bring all of those bones back. And I said, no. <laughs> so <laughs> I went – he said I, I was 30 at the time. And he mm. said, as long as I don't do anything overhand, mm. I'll be okay and we'll have to have a surgery when I'm 40. Why well, then went on for 10 more years of coaching volleyball and playing less center field and softball. But what I did do was go to physical therapy and they taught me the right exercises right. to do. Yeah. And so, and actually my chiropractor changed one of them and I just strengthened all the muscles yep. around it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I still can't do a ton of stuff. Like I get one shot at a light bulb <laughs> <laughs> and if I don't get it, I got to take a break, walk around, come back, call Rachel <laughs> in another 15 minutes. I can get up there and try again, you know, but gotcha. interesting. Impingement in Rome, <laughs> or shoulder talk in Rome, right? Yeah, so that's that's kind of been my my negative, but yeah. yeah go ahead. But may we celebrate with you mm-hmm. on your last accomplishment? What the beard last competition. Oh yes. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, <laughs> wait till you tell well, Rachel, Rachel says my beard. Yeah, my she's my gonna beard understand. Is awesome. Um, but I went to, uh, uh, my second, um, match on Sunday, um, for anybody that doesn't know, I'm a competitive shooter, uh, oh, for, dear. for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a league called the uh, USPSA, uh, US, uh, uh, practical shooting association. I love the practical part. Yeah. And, uh, yes, it's, it, it's, it's a great organization. Um, people from literally all walks of life will show up there and, and you won't believe the type of people that like are just like crazy stupid good at shooting um but uh i show I, I showed up it's my second uh match ever 
and I shot um, in the B class range. So I saw a B class classifier and was in the middle of the pack with uh, B class shooters. So um, for anybody that doesn't know, it's like like right in the middle. So there's D class, C class, B class, A class, master class, and then grandmaster. Oh dear. Um, so. Like- so like Doc so right. Holiday would be Grandmaster. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's my goal eventually. Like it's it's a game. Like I'm a pretty good shooter, but it's a game, and you kind of have to like know the game and, and really learn the the tricks of the game to get really good. Uh, but it's my goal eventually to to reach master. So um, in production. Wow. And what was the one thing you had to do? Like your gun was unloaded. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) my very first stage, we showed up. So a lot of people didn't show up who had originally signed up because it was very, very bad weather that morning. Um, Is this outside? It's outside. It's Mm -hmm. all outdoors. And um, it started to rain. um, Like it started to downpour just as I was um, like heading up to the line. And the first stage was four targets in front of me. Um, the part time was seven seconds. So you had to get as good as, of a run as you could in seven seconds. Um, it was two shots each target, then a reload, two shots each target again. Um, and people weren't even hitting the reload because they were running out of time. Um, they just weren't fast enough. So you enough. have seven seconds to do So it. you had to start unloaded. It was an unloaded start. So you grab your magazine and your and your um, your pistol and you... Which are holstered. Which are holstered. Mm-hmm. You start holstered, you shove it in, load it, and then you, and then you go to work. <laughs> so I was able to get six out of the eight targets, uh, which was a lot better than everybody else. Uh, well, not everybody, a couple, like two other dudes were able to hit like about the same, uh, about the same. So I was like blazing fast in the middle of downpouring rain, and I was really proud of myself. I can't wait to see you shoot in regular dry weather. I, I I like it. It's, we'll bring it's a hose. Fun. We'll replicate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like when kids now are studying to get their driver's license, mm-hmm. there's an app now that you have to put on your phone and your kids have to log in. I think it's 65 hours of practice driving time, mm-hmm. which includes daytime, nighttime and poor weather mm-hmm. so that when they get their license, they know kind of how to handle. And that's kind of like that. Like if you're going to shoot. You need to be able to shoot no matter what. Well, plus, <clears throat> plus, you're racing against people, so you're going as fast as you can, and you're running as fast as you can, and you're shooting as fast as you can. Oh, you're so running? Like, oh, you, you, you run. You run with a gun in your hand. Oh, you shoot. Lord. It's, it's, it's well, absolutely but I mean, again, practical. so much fun. You can't right. say, like, excuse me, sir, it's raining. Can you hold still? <laughs> right. <laughs> Could you put pew, your pew, arms pew. out? Please do not <laughs> threaten my family at this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't see you. Could you come closer? Well, and it's very impressive that you've never been raided, and you're already at class b mm-hmm. yeah I, awesome. I i had um i shot limited division the past time and i i did absolutely terrible um my first match um but forgot luckily forgot to put in my uh member number so it didn't get nobody knows nobody knows who is that guy except for now that we put it on the internet but, uh, <laughs> but uh, hey listen yeah, so I, I, I put my uh, member number in this time, remember to, and uh, shot a B-class classifier, which I was really, really happy about. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. So fun. For me, uh, vacation was a blast. I've been on a lot of vacations, and I don't know if I had better weather. Oh, we had a weather storm one night, unreal. two, but in the middle three of the in the night, morning, yeah. Yeah. and that was it. No other rain. Got to spend a lot of time uh, with Eric in the mornings trying to help solve the whole shared duties thing, so... We would get up early and go play nine holes of disc golf with Maggie, mm-hmm. who is an excellent map reader. The best. <laughs> I heard about this. The yeah. best. <laughs> Every hole. We, and we played this nine hole course at a community college, which was in, eight of the nine holes are entirely in the woods. 
And so she would look at the picture and she would say, number two, 145 feet. The basket is in the woods, according to the map. And every time, <laughs> according to the map. <laughs> then she would wrong. come home and she would tell me, Aunt Rachel, the basket was in the woods, according to the map. <laughs> but it was fun to solve a, a, a relationship issue with disc golf, mm-hmm. basically, because then Eric gets to disc golf, Amy gets to sleep in, Maggie gets to get some exercise. Everybody wins. And I get to look, you know, like a hero. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically, I hate to use that word, but you know, <laughs> it's genius, right. genius, uh, it applies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I got a hole in one. Yeah, oh, you did. Yeah. My, nice. My first and a half legitimate one. You know, I had one at the at the church course on the last hole. And this was a legit ace, yeah, man. Not you an had, easy hole. You threw yeah, you threw the your disc the on the most perfect line. It was it was unbelievable. It's it's such an amazing noise mm-hmm. when it goes into the, the, the chains from throwing it that far. Yeah. Oh, so good. And didn't you say to me, honey, did you run all the way there to get it? And I was like, nah, it was hot. <laughs> it was so hot. I thought that was one of the rules that uh, they no run rules. up. You can, you can. I could have. It'd have been a while. Though. Have you watched the latest uh, tournament? I'm aware what happens, but I have not watched it yet. I was just gonna say, like, well, when like Ricky Waisaki, he gets like a throw in. They call it Raptor legs. Oh, because Raptor legs. Oh, he's so yeah. tall. Yeah. You know? yeah. But but we did take the picture yes. of you in the we disc did? at the basket. That is a must do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Take a picture. Yep. And it's an excellent picture. Like, that's one of the best pictures of him. It's a great picture. Yeah. It's a good picture. And, of course, all the cooking, and that was fun, and uh, and came home to just, woo. Is, there's, We're back in it. There are still lives here, and people still need to be loved and to, you know, come alongside them, and that's my calling, and so that's what I do. And somebody said to me the other day, Jake, what are you burdened by? And I was like, well... Without using names, I was like, bing, bing, bang, bang, bong, bong. And I'm like, but God's in control, and it's sort of my job to walk alongside him. So it's okay. Yeah. You know, but it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a lot. So, and but but it's summertime, and so I have Rachel with me so much more. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yes. What's up with you, honey? Oh, all right. Glad <laughs> you asked. Um, vacation was great. We got out of an escape room. We did. That was super fun to do. I love escape rooms. Um, this week, we're I'm getting ready for Bella's graduation party on Saturday. And oh, I'm, yeah. What? Who is? I am. Okay. We are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I meant specifically the decorations and stuff. Well, I have nothing to do with that. Sounds like Jay's giving a lot more. I didn't go to Michael's <laughs> and buy that stuff for you. Whatever. It's cool. It's called mutual giving. <laughs> yes. um, Wait a minute. I'm making the sliders. I'm so See? excited Rachel, for what sliders. are you doing? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. There's going to be nothing. But no, I felt really good about getting a lot of stuff done. It's Wednesday and you feel yeah. good. I yeah. mean, like, oh, the that's picture awesome. boards are done. The centerpieces are done. The balloons are bought. Yeah. I feel like picture ordered. Pic- really picture boards are a lot. And you're doing like old school, like print pictures? Yeah. Oh, oh man. Nice. Yeah, I guess I went to Walgreens, picked those up. Yeah, but who put them on the board? <sighs> oh. You think I'm touching that? No. <laughs> no, sir. No <laughs> I mean, it was only five of them. I know. It, it got out of hand. Five boards? Oh, yeah. It, it got Good out of hand. night. Listen, she's done a lot of things uh, she in has her done. She's been a very career. successful kid. I will say, I've, I went through, I have a bin um, with a folder for each kid's grade, and I put, like, important stuff in that so that... I know where it is. Like if somebody's like, where's Bella's blah, blah, blah from third grade. I'm like, oh, right here. 
So I went through there and I collected every single one of her concert pamphlets and anything that had her name on it. Like, so there's going to be a whole stack of stuff of her accomplishments throughout elementary, junior high and high school. So I I would appreciate it if everybody looked at those. And oh, I will, I will, I'm, I always love a good picture board. So I'll definitely look at it. And in honor of, of my mom. Yeah. God rest her soul. You should look at some of the programs and be like, Oh, who names their daughter? And then find the most outlandish name. And just give a little shout out to Betty up there. That'd be nice. I do want to say one last very quick thing. We, uh, the Mitlows and hers went to a Mexican restaurant, which we've driven by hundreds of times over the years. And I'm like, you don't go to a Mexican restaurant on vacation. We don't even eat out that often. But this year we were going to eat out. I'm like, let's try that Mexican place. I said to my man, who was already crushing it, the server. And I said to him, hey, uh, what, which are your sauces uh, are gluten-free? And he goes, oh, well, everything we make here is fresh. And we try to keep everything as clean as possible. So really, the only thing that is flour is the flour tortillas. And I was just like, I love you so much. <laughs> and I got a cabeza taco, which was a cow's head t- taco. The meat from a cow's head. Nice. And it was delicious. No. Gross. <laughs> I would try that. And I'm, a that's... shrimp taco and a carne atada taco. And uh, it was delicious. It was wonderful. It was a great experience. That's awesome. That it is was awesome. wonderful. What was the place called? Uh, Mama's Central Cantina or something I don't like know. that. In Brunswick County. Or was it Calabash? I don't know. Hard it was to great. Say. We'll put it on the show notes. Okay. So... We have talked about how we just had a very good vacation. And that's good because you can't, it's really terrible when you spend a lot of money on a vacation and you're like, well, that wasn't what we wanted at Dang all. Dang it. Or it was fine. And that's not what you want. You want very good. Well, how much more important is a very good relationship? And this goes back to all the way to the Garden of Eden. And whether you believe in the Bible or not, whether you think it was a literal seven day translation or that it's symbolic, the point is when God made everything, it was good. But when he made Adam and Adam was alone, it was not good. Then when he created a relationship and there was Adam and Eve, it was very good. And that's what we've been talking a lot about for the last three weeks is how to make your relationship very good. When I meet with a couple for pre-marriage teaching, the first homework assignment they have is ask people, how is their relationship? I can think of maybe once or twice where one of the answers was somewhere near very good. And so we've been talking about that for the last three weeks, and tonight we finish, but we want to review the first two components. There's three components that every very good relationship has. The first one is Christ at the center, more so than just a slogan, more than a plaque in your kitchen, more than, I don't know, what else would there be? A an, t-shirt. A t-shirt, an empty promise. Bumper sticker. Bumper sticker. I'll more stop, I'll stop. Stick figures <laughs> on the back of your... Uh, car that says our family. I don't know. Christ, Christ is the biggest stick the figure. Biggest stick figure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lofty thing to try to make a Christ <laughs> stick. Oh, that could go real bad too, though. Yeah, stop. So, um, I I wanted to add to that that sometimes when I have married people who do not have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. To which some people still think I shouldn't do, and that's fine, and that's another podcast for another day. But they'll say, well, yeah, but I don't believe in God. And they'll say, so can we not have a very good relationship? Or, or I believe in a higher power, or I believe in the universe. So is that good enough? And you guys would all answer probably what? Not as good. There you go. What else? I second Eric. 
third. Right. Because it's on the one hand, you know, you know, or even some people say, well, we go to a therapist and we meet with them. Is that can that be at the center of our relationship? And where it is good to have a third party on the outside caring about your relationship, while there is valor in having somebody who's objective, not in the relationship, being there as a sounding board or whatever else, and having the outside perspective to truly understand who God is and how much he loves us and having that relationship with him, you then would therefore understand that he created each person in the relationship. He knew them before they were even in their mother's womb. He knows everything that's going about them. And he is going to communicate to the two people in the relationship. If we're talking about a marriage, the two have already become one. And he has ordained that if you are somebody who has followed Christ or follows Christ in, in their own personal life. If you believe all that, what's better than that in the middle of your relationship? Right. Nothing is the obvious answer to that. A counselor, they might have wisdom and they might have insight, but they don't have a buy-in like God does with you. And if it's not a marriage relationship, well, God still cares about both people in the relationship. He still knows both people in the relationship, whether they know him or not. Mm -hmm. So while it's good to have an outside perspective and everything else, having Christ at the center is unique compared to all those other things. Mm -hmm. And I said to Rachel tonight about a different topic. I said, I think it might even have been about mutual giving, but I said, it's just like everything I teach. And everything I preach, it's not rocket science and it's not complicated and it's somewhat obvious, but nobody's doing it. But do you do it? Right. You know, we, we talked to somebody who recently broke their streak of, um, be real, which I mentioned it in church. It's an app where they send you a notification and you're supposed to take a picture and be real. Right. And it was like, they'd had a 90 day streak and I wanted so desperately to be like, have you prayed for 90 days straight? Hmm. You know, have you read your Bible for 90 days straight? And I can look in the mirror right. and say the same thing. So keeping Christ at the center has got to be intentional. And I think there's nothing like it. Well, may I add? You're always encouraged. Whew, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I just feel like a relationship outside of God's will or control or Christ at the center, like the world is so ready to say, Hey, if it's not working, just get divorced. Like it's so easy to throw it all away. Throw it away, be all about you. Like I think in that setting, each partner is just focused on themselves, not on their partner, and it's just so easy to walk away. The world has made it easy to be like, "Well, well we tried. All right, we'll go our separate ways, whatever." You know what I mean? Mm. Like whereas I feel like Christ is the center, you're looking for how to make it work. Mhm. And also to trust that God is going to meet your needs, to put your trust on in God, that he's working, you know, Duke, in your case, that he's talking to Lydia right now, or is potentially talking to he's her trying right trying to. Right, yeah, about you. <laughs> yeah. And that, therefore, you can relax and focus on her because you know your needs are being met. When it, Otherwise, it becomes almost, it's very selfish is the way to put it. Mm-hmm. Eric, why don't you take us through open and honest and vulnerable? Yes, uh, it is not discreet or clouded. It is not manipulative, and expressing an it's it's expressing a need or a hurt. Once again, obviously, right? Obviously, of course, we communicate that way, except we don't, right? Um, the I think which of those open and honest are kind of the same thing. 
Right. So let's look at open and honest and vulnerable. Which of those do you think is more challenging for people in relationships? Vulnerable. Woof. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I would say it's, it was good, Rachel. Sorry. I was just going to say it's really difficult for some people <laughs> to be vulnerable. Like that's uncomfortable. So I don't it, it, want to. Yeah. By its nature, you, you must show the other person your weakness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, like for me, I have a high need of uh, acceptance. So when it comes to vul- vulnerability, um, I feel like it's a tightened for people with needs like me. Jay, you may, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I feel that way. Well, I made a face because I thought you said it tightened, but you said it's heightened. Yeah. Which made more sense. Right. Uh, if you have a high need of acceptance, meaning you're loved even though you've made a mistake, are you therefore more likely to not want to be vulnerable? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Or you don't want to be vulnerable and say that somebody hurt you because you don't want to. Okay, that's a much better way to put it. Right. Yeah, on the, because we're talking about, when we're talking about communication, it's communicating a need or a hurt. Right. You might communicate a need. You're not going to communicate a hurt. Right. You're just gonna it's a lot away. harder to do when you have a high, especially for me. Like when, I, when, I, when somebody's hurt me, it's really difficult for me to to get the gumption to get up and tell and express how I felt to that person, right? Because I don't want our relationship to be harmed, right? <clears throat> Even though it has been, right, <laughs> right. But right. it feels weird and awkward. I don't like to be embarrassed. Right. I, if I we can just pretend to move on and, right. and pretend like it never happened. Or right. I don't want to be, be told. I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be told I'm wrong or whatever. Like, So once again, acceptance and security kind of go together a lot. Yeah. And so therefore, I can imagine if you have a high need for acceptance, a high need for security, you're not going to express a hurt. Well, and that's the world like we live in that we've talked about. Like nobody's doing this. No. Because a lot of people just go immediately to defensive. Well, I didn't mean to hurt you. Right. I know. Right. If you did, you're a horrible person. But like, we might have I, to do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should. Um, but, but that's why a lot of people don't because they're afraid to. What? So, what emotional needs would you have to have a high amount of? If you have a high a need of blank, would keep you from expressing a need. Expressing a need. So, whereas high need of acceptance will keep you from being vulnerable with hurts. I would say respect. I would agree with that. Yeah. Any others? I was going to say... Or can you give an example? Or what does Rachel want to (laughs) say? I always get them confused. Encouragement and support. Like, I have a lot of need for encouragement, but not a lot of need for support. So if I'm working on something... I don't need for you, you to come in. imagine me trying to help you with those picture boards? <laughs> right. Like the picture boards. I am in my happy place working on them, just plugging away. I don't need you to come in and be like, so I'm not going to say, man, I'm really overwhelmed with these. You know, like I don't, do you know what I mean? Like even if I need help, I'm not going to ask for it because like I don't have a high need for. So what you're saying is if you have a high need for encouragement, but not a heart I need in support, you might be just not saying anything. Right. Because you just definitely don't want the support. So it's easier just to get it done and not have the encouragement or the support. Right. Fair. And respect. I don't have a high need of respect, so. <laughs> You're like, I can't identify with it. I just got the right answer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, a person with high 
with a high need uh, of respect. Yeah, go ahead, dude. Yeah, so I know you. I, 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 this is one of my higher ones. If, if I were to communicate that I had a specific need that, um, that I felt vulnerable about, that I, maybe I felt a little shameful about, maybe I, I, it made me look like somebody who couldn't handle their own business, that type of thing. Yeah. Then, then the other person might not respect me as much. Right. But I like what you just said. Mm-hmm. You just said, if I'm being vulnerable, I'm going to feel shame. Mm-hmm. But th- I feel like those are two separate things. Like, you shouldn't feel shame asking for what you need. Sure. That's Up not here, being that vul- makes sense. Right. right. I'm just but saying. That's what but in the real, in the real world, respect, you know. Right. Well, yeah, if, if let's say that, you know, I, I have a high need for security and I also have a high need for respect. Um, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this but let's let's say like i'm if if i if i uh if i word if i if i I speak my my need for security like i have a i have a high need for it and i don't have a lot of it um then i it might seem to other people my my perception might be that other people think that i'm insecure Mm -hmm. and that would not that would be a hit to my my need for respect Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Ooh, good one. That makes sense. And that's another podcast we should have, which is, and I, I don't think we've done this, uh, emotional. Duke's need for respect. Yeah, let's <laughs> focus on that. Um, and his unwillingness to ask for help. No. Um, <laughs> and his insecurities. No, but Not very vulnerable. Put it all on the table. <laughs> emotional needs that clash. Yes. Like security versus yeah. respect, encouragement yeah. versus support. I think that's something we could really dive into because that's what I, whenever I do the relational needs questionnaire for a couple, and I'm just, especially if I don't even know them and I'm just getting to know them, I look at their results and kind of say, okay, look, uh, is this the kind of fight you normally have? And they're like, oh my gosh, how did you know? And, I'm like, uh, well, and you know, it's interesting. That'd be, that would be a good episode because Patton, who frequently sits at the table, is asking, shout about, out to Patton. Like, should I be looking, you know, because he's of the age, you know, he's young, um, looking for partner in marriage and whatnot. And sh- should I look for another person with the same emotional needs? As me. And I said, no, not necessarily. Complimentary. <laughs> right. Complimentary. Right. Right. Or, you know, just you, you need to meet each other's emotional needs. You need to know what each other's are right. and just meet them. And it doesn't mean you can't meet them, but right. it's like you can point out here, you know, again, here's the fight that you have every three months with different details. And it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's also the great opportunity for love. You know, when Rachel comes alongside me and puts her hand on my knee and taps it, I know that that's a great sign of affection from Rachel. Whereas somebody else who hugs me all the time, like an older lady, oh, Max man. is close. Max. Yep. Um, <laughs> Max isn't an older lady. What? <laughs> all right, Chris. There are things you don't know. Sir. Okay. Yeah, Chris. You know, like, thanks, whatever. So, you know, it's just the challenge that presents itself, which is a good podcast for another night. One of the reasons why people will not be open, will not be honest, and certainly will not be vulnerable is if they are not in a relationship that has mutual giving. And as I started to prepare for this podcast, I was like, right, how are we making an entire podcast about, yeah, you should do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we both mutually give. But I think very often we see what is defined as a one-way relationship or a one-way street in a relationship where the one person gives, the one person acquiesces, the one person apologizes. And historically speaking, you know, it's, it's the strong-willed man, you know, and the, and the light, frilly, mom, you know, wife that's, oh, yeah, you know, Archie Bunker and Edith. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for those of you who are Duke's like who forty. Forty and over. Do you even not know who I'm singing of? All in the family. Mm-mm. Oh, that's even great. He doesn't even know about it. Yeah, but it's a stereotypical blue collar worker who comes home and the wife dotes on him, whatever. Um, and it's it's just that way. It's the it's the one person we see this in our Christian world very often with the the one spouse which is a Christian who marries the one who's not, and so they're the one who are always sacrificing because they're trying to show them the love of Christ, and the other person's just sort of like whatever, dude. And again, not all. I don't want to say Christian, non-Christian marriages look like that, but very often they do. Um, and I, I've had people say to me, my number one mission field is my spouse. And I know that we weren't equally yoked as Christians say when we got married, but it's my job to love them until they come to know Christ. Okay, that's that's okay. Uh, that ain't going to be a mutually giving, right. you know, and it, not, all, not all non-Christians are, you know, takers and not givers, and we get that. But I'm talking in generalities. Right. And so, you know, well, can a relationship exist? If there's a, and by the way, there's also no way relationships where there's just two islands mm-hmm. who live together. And in the first episode of this series, we went over for an entire podcast, divorce rates from the 1930s to today by decade. Mm-hmm. And in many years, the divorce rate was very low. Well, guess what? They were filled with no way relationships. Right. Like my grandmother and grandfather on my dad's side were married for 70 years. They were not meeting each other's emotional needs right. in any way, shape, or form. So see, it can be done. Right. But is it very good? No. 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 It is not very good. And again, that's kind of obvious. But I think people say, well, you know, my my parents have been married for this many years. Yeah. But is it a very good relationship? No, it's not. Uh, if you say, okay, well, what's the opposite of mutual giving? And it's the selfish taking. We've talked about this so much. The stealing to get your needs met. Can we anybody think of an example of that? Like instead of being open and honest and vulnerable and giving and what am I doing? The uh, Joey from Friends. No. Marriage is the giving and the receiving and the receiving and the giving. He does it for like uh, the person that always needs affection. Oh. So instead of being open and honest and vulnerable and the other person then giving it to them, well, then they tackle them. They tickle them. They get into it. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> what? The floor varmint? Oh, the floor varmint. I miss the floor varmint. I don't. Rachel, since you brought it up, why don't you explain this before we learned about mutual giving? So Jay has a very high need for affection. I have a very low. I think oh, there are total opposites. This is news. This is the first time I've seen this. Shocking. Duke's like, I've met you. So when we first got married, first time living together, he would do this thing where he would hide down on the floor in another room. And when I would walk past, he would yell floor varmint and he would come and tackle me and like tickle. And like, first of all, it scared me. Second of all, I don't like being tickled. Third of all, it was not enjoyable. Do you remember the one time? <laughs> Who was it that came to the door? Uh, that would be uh, the Bavards, Andy and Francine Bavard. Oh, yeah. I'm 28. She's 23. We're newly married. There's a 45-year-old couple who's on our Young Life Committee, helps raise money for the ministry, whatever else. I'd uh, taken Rachel down. 
And uh, was I doing the whole spit thing, drop it on top of you kind of thing, where you suck it back up right before it drops <laughs> yeah. on your face? And I'm screaming like, the top stop. of her lungs. like, stop it, get off me, let go. <laughs> and like, then you hear knock, 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 and we were like, oh, they're already looking. Ah. At you know, so all they can hear is me screaming, stop it, and get off, and then whatever. Um, what else was there? What was this? There was some other characters that. Were well, throughout the years. And, here, and just as far as if we're going to make it all about me not having my needs met, I was... <laughs> I Congratulations. Still, I still am the youngest of five. And my sister above me, Marcy, is four years. So it goes four years, six years, 10 years, 11 years older than me. And I was neglected emotionally a lot in my life. And so Floor Farm it actually started uh, at home. Mm. And, but that wasn't a need for attention. Mm. So I would just tackle my sister and hold on to their ankles and dra- make them drag me across the floor and all that kind of fun stuff. <laughs> and guess what? It did not need, meet my need for attention. It really didn't. And just like that doesn't necessarily meet my need for affection. And to be fair, as you have mutually given more and more affection and attention, floor farm has been gone for a very long time. I know. That's why I said it was a long time ago. I, I just I can't get this image out of my head of Jay like just people walking to church just, <laughs> on the side, oh, yeah. just getting attacked by yeah. Jay on the floor. Floor varmint <laughs> during worship. I'm telling you, Bernice would love it. Oh yeah, <laughs> big fan. Uh, I can't think of who else. Maggie from Ghana would think it's funny. Oh, oh Jay. <laughs> Max would just start cuddling. he'd be like i'm in (laughs) so that's yeah and it not only does stealing a need and again that happens in a one-way relationship or a no-way relationship not only does it not meet your need it doesn't satiate your needs are emotional and it's to be shared with somebody else but it robs the spouse it robs the other person in the relationship of the the blessing the opportunity to meet your need. You know, how often like, you know, you buy somebody, you buy a gift for somebody and they're like, Oh, I already have it. (laughs) You're like, Oh, okay. Sorry. I'll just take it back. Right. Right. So that's what happens. And, and in essence, no needs are being met when there isn't mutual giving the Island, the one way street, the no way street. It's stealing emotional needs. It's not sacrificing to meet each other's needs. To, to meet somebody's needs, it's it's your method of loving the other person. Uh, the Bible's very clear. Like, if you know, if it's just words, it's hollow, and it doesn't mean anything. But there's got to be actions that go with it. If I say I love my children, but I don't feed them, well, right. <laughs> that's, that's not love. And it's simply putting the other's needs. And I'd like to talk about this for a second. The way I would say it is you're putting your needs at least with if not healthily above yours. Is that a fair statement? Even with yours. So your needs matter as much as my needs meet or matter. Or maybe they matter even a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Is that is that feasible? Is that functional? Is that healthy in your guys' mind? Can you place your other, I guess, let me rephrase the question. Can you place your spouse's needs above yours in a healthy fashion? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I thought it was a little more controversial than that. Well, you, you can't neglect your own, though. I will say that would, that would, it's it's easier to say that than it is to do it. Right. That's to be a fair. Point. Um, 
I think it's yeah. where, where it starts to stumble into the unhealthy is when you start to uh, meet the other person's needs at the expense of yours, knowing that like the, it, it won't be reciprocated. That's kind of like the, mm. the, the abusive relationship. Yeah. Or it like, becomes a one way street. Right. Exactly. That's fair. Resentment. What did, were you going to say that? No, oh. I keep saying street and I mean relationship and I autocorrect or I not autocorrected. I corrected this outline like a thousand times last night from one way street <laughs> to one way relationship. And so just now Duke makes a great point. I'm like, yeah, it becomes a one way street. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what you were saying, like mm-hmm. that, that builds resentment when mm-hmm. you're consciously trying to meet your partner's need and not getting your needs met. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm irritated and don't want to do it at all. You know, like. Because it's not mutual. Right. right. And that's it. You have to trust that the other person is doing it, which does what? It goes back up to the top. Is God aware of what's going on? And is he going to work in their hearts? Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe six months. Maybe a year. I mean, think of how different you and I are mm-hmm. than we were 20, almost four years ago. Yeah. We've grown, you know, I said to Bob McGinnis, who is a young life staff guy, what am I, 50, 20 years older than me. And I said to him. Before we were married, I said, Bob, I said, the thing is, I want to talk about our problems. And Rachel doesn't want to talk about them. And I was so upset. I'm like, I don't know. I think we might break up. And he just started laughing. And I said, what? He goes, that's going to be your thing. He goes, that's just the dynamic in your relationship that you guys are, you know, that you're going to clash. And I said, will it get better over time? He goes, no. (laughs) (laughs) Now, with all due respect, Bob, you were wrong. It took a long time. Sure. You know, but we were able to do that because we got Christ, not kept, got Christ into the center of our relationship. We were open and honest and vulnerable, and we do mutually give. So it is okay for us to put each other's needs above ours. And like you said so brilliantly, Eric, oh, it's easy to say, mm-hmm. but and so easy to do. Yeah. Is it is it possible to have a relationship with Christ not at the center and have it not be transactional, like exclusively transactional. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what that means. Needs. Well, so like if, if you have a relationship where Christ isn't at the center and I, if, if I Keeping give score. you all these, yeah, if I, if I give, if I meet all your needs and my needs aren't being met, what am I naturally going to do? If Christ isn't at the center, leave. Uh, well, I'm I'm going to at the very least in that moment try to start to roll back, not meeting your needs, right? Or start mm. start to start to not meet your needs. Be more much. selfish, right? Because you know, or if wait, I'm yeah. if I'm not getting this in return, why would I give you that? It's like right. if I'm not getting money for this service, why would I give this service? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, if it without that that outside sort of beacon, without that that outside standard, um, like, is is it? possible for a relationship to not be strictly transactional in terms of emotional needs i mean i would is it possible sure is it likely no is it likely in a christ-centered relationship Mm, well with with truly christ at the center it's very possible and i would almost say likely i would also say that's maybe two percent of marriages so i think otherwise it will always devolve into that Mm -hmm. because to some degree every relationship is transactional what am I giving you by spending time with you? What do I get from you? You know, at its at its very level, it's you're keeping me from being alone. I'm keeping you from being alone. So therefore, eventually, I'm at too much of a deficit. But I think in a season, if you're truly centered on loving that other person, being coming alongside them, 
out of a love that Christ has given both of you, you can say, okay, I can go for this season. You know, now what if that season is 10 years? Well, if that's what God's calling me to do, then that's fine. Uh, much less likely mm-hmm. outside of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, why does why do people not mutually give in relationships? One person is more committed to the relationship than the other? I would think so. I mean, it's just the one person is committed to the relationship and the other... Say, imagine a guy has a super high need for security and respect. And the woman is... And, or let's we'll say the woman does. Is it Duke? No, okay. but that was true earlier. <laughs> okay, but let's let's use that. He's got a high need for security, a high need for respect. Let's assume Lydia has a high need for belonging and just really wants the relationship to work. She's like, hey, I need you. You know, you didn't do this for me, and I just want our relationship to work. And he's like, yeah, right. Everything's good. Everything's fine. You know, because you're like, no, don't tell me I did anything wrong. I'm good. And she's like, but I really want to work on this. And, and so, therefore, she's going to keep wanting to work in the relationship. And you're like, no, the relationship is fine. <laughs> Let's leave it right where it is. So the one person keeps giving, and you're like, no, I'm fine. Not you, but you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Or, quite simply, the one person's more bought in than the other. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're just they're going to try, and the other one's not. We look at the one-way relationship in the missionary dating, the missionary marriage, yeah, they're going to just keep giving and giving and giving because they think they're being Christ-like, and maybe they are. And the other person's like, yep, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Uh, beyond that, one person could be manipulative. Mm-hmm. They're so good at stealing their emotional needs. And this, you know, you say, well, that's a sociopath. Well, maybe, but not necessarily. Like, I've seen many relationships where one person manipulates the other person. Right. When you use your emotional need against the other person is a form of manipulation. Yeah. If you're not expressing it honestly. Right. And openly, and then you're not meeting their needs. And and to Duke's point, if you get too deep into the transactional aspect of a relationship and you're like, well, you haven't done this, so I'm not going to do that for you. And so therefore we're keeping score or adding things up. There's no Christ at the center. There's nothing at the center. So therefore it's not going to be met. Um, Eric, why don't you take on the next one? Uh, one person is incapable of giving, meaning they might be physically sick or they might be emotionally impaired, previous hurts, conditioning the person to not meet the other's needs. You know, the first one, <clears throat> you, you might be in a marriage where, you know, I said there's seasons. Yeah. You know, if somebody's got cancer, if somebody's been in a terrible car accident, okay, you're going to go through a time period where there's no mutual giving. Or even like if the wife is pregnant and not feeling great, that could be a time of not being able to. I would agree. Like, no, I agree. I agree. You wouldn't where call it's a pregnant be, woman physically sick, but I'm saying that's also a season of time where. She's not going to be able to meet his needs as much. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm just, the reason why I'm pausing is to make sure that we're still focusing on emotional needs. Cause she's like, there you're right now, seven months pregnant. She's still meeting your emotional needs, Mm -hmm. you know, but she might need a little more and take a little more from you. So it might be a little imbalanced Mm -hmm. for a time period. But Mm -hmm. the second one being emotionally impaired, and I don't mean necessarily in a diagnosable way, like certainly somebody's bipolar or it's going through a schizophrenic episode. You're like, you know what? (laughs) You know, I was going to make a really inappropriate example, but you know, 
Good when job. You, when you ran away for 10 months, that really hurt my need for security. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that was my appropriate one, by the yeah. way. <laughs> but, and I think this is true of so many relationships. Uh, so many, not even relationships, people. That we're not having our hurts comforted. Right. It's just not what's taught. It's not what we do. People don't come alongside. And we're not looking to meet people's emotional needs. That's why we do this podcast, because we think there's a market for that. Mm-hmm. I think the greatest effort moving forward is making people realize there's a market for it. Like, yeah. people don't realize what they need. Well, so therefore, you know, your parents didn't meet your emotional needs growing up. Your friends sure as crap didn't meet your emotional needs growing up. Oh, so now you're in a, a relationship where you're most vulnerable with somebody. You're going to open up to them? <laughs> right. You know, you're coming in with your guard up. Right. Uh, I thought you were going to say something. No. You're going to say, right. Right. There it is. <laughs> Could also be like they they just don't understand the the framework of how to meet somebody's emotional needs. For instance, like, <clears throat> um, you know, a uh, man comes home to wife. Wife wants to just be heard. But man, you know, real like is the man and wants to fix her problem, you know, and, and doesn't really understand the framework of I – I want to be the, like man wants to be there for his wife. Like he, he wants to solve her problem, right? He wants facts, logic, and he, reason. Yeah, he wants the yeah he wants to solve the issue and so make it so that she's not upset anymore. But really, what she wanted was just somebody to 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 talk to and have somebody listen to right. her. Um, like maybe they just don't simply just don't understand the framework, and that's kind of like where. I was before all of like learning all of this stuff Mm -hmm. was I didn't really understand the framework and it was, it was nice having like, like we said, like, uh, uh, having like a language, having like a, a a way to toolkit. Yeah. Toolkit. Um, way, a way to give words to the things that we were trying to say. No, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas we just said incapable, you would say ill equipped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They might have the greatest of intentions. Right. I'm a huge fan of facts, reason, and logic. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's I feel like it's my. <laughs> <laughs> it's that order every oh time. Oh, my stars. <laughs> did you just correct me? <laughs> yes, but it was at least correct. What did, did I say? I, oh, I, I very often incorrect Jay. <laughs> <laughs> you said facts, reason, and logic. It's facts, logic, and reason? Yes. Well, okay. Look, Bob Pliskowski, the general, is making T-shirts with FLR on okay. them because he's so proud of facts, logic, and reason, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, but I feel like that's where I came into the relationship with, like, that's I'm stronger at facts, reason, and logic. Did oh, I do boy. it wrong again? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Start Somewhere over. Bob is, like, shivering, <laughs> and he doesn't know why. <laughs> Michael would say it's because of the blood pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, big guy. Whereas I'm not good at the emotional needs Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, I need to work, I think, harder than you do at that. So, yes. Mm -hmm. Duke, uh, five bonus points. Yay. Ding, 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 ding. And now we're going to go negative to positive. Yes. So, when you don't have mutual giving, what happens in a relationship? Intimacy is lost. Thank you. I didn't have my glasses on. <laughs> it's just the two have not become, they, they're no longer one. You know, I mean, imagine a human body. And if the bone structure said to the muscles, we're not going to carry you anymore. 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Try to really reach out. I mean, you are right. <laughs> if the blood said, you know what, we're not going to the brain anymore. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's not one. <laughs> What'd you say? We're on strike. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're mad about something. All right, but there is no more intimacy. It is, you know, when you have that knowing look with your spouse when you look at your child. And like you already know what's going on, and and like you could, well, here it is. When you correct your child with a gentle mm-hmm. look, mm-hmm. not not the stern "I'm going to kill you" look, mm-hmm. but when you kind of give them the eye eye, eye raise, and they're like, "All right, all right, cool, I get it." Like that's intimacy. That's we know each other, right? And we're we're in that moment, you know, a conversation. Oh <laughs> yes, a conversation where everything is said, but nobody had to say it. So that isn't there when there's no mutual giving. And you lose that intimacy in a relationship. Uh, both people suffer differently. How so? I don't have my glasses on. They're right here. I know, but <laughs> can you just read it? It's coming out organically. The giving <laughs> one's needs. <laughs> Thank you. Giving one's needs aren't met. Yeah, that's pretty simple. <clears throat> the receiving one, they become an island. Well, that goes back to Duke's you know, transactional thing. Like, I'm out. The receiving ones becomes an island because you're just you keep receiving. You're an island. You're not giving anything. It's a one way street. Um, you know, it, it's all about you. You're not part of this community anymore. So the person that's getting is the island. Sure, both of them are really. Yeah. Okay. That makes yeah. They're two different islands. Yeah. Because no I was going to say, I feel like if I was giving everything, I, I feel like I'm on the island. Uh, you're in the ocean. Right. You're sinking. You're drowning. Yeah. It's not bad though. If, no. it's, if it's a no-way relationship, the two stop becoming one. The relationship ceases to exist. Thanks. Yeah. What? No, I was going to... No. boy. <laughs> I was going to say, here comes Rachel butting in again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> she doesn't have a high need for respect. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, those no-way relationships, I mean, it's just two people. I mean, that was... Again, I, I hate to keep using my grandparents as an example, but I keep doing it. But I mean... They were more like... Roommates that were always irritated with Begrudging each other. roommates. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Wait, who? My grandparents. Mm. She threw a pot roast at him one time. Wow. He was pretty drunk. He was supposed to be home at like four after a pit football game. And then he and my dad and my brother and me, who I'm 12, and I'm hopped up on about eight Cokes from the Elks Club and mm-hmm. big pile of wings or whatever. And I'm like, oh, Grandma seems real mad. And next thing you know, pot roast, which it shriveled down to <laughs> You're like, us. there's a pot <laughs> and then pop up came over for a shot and a beer and went home later so whatever but but let's let's end it positively in practical ways of accomplishing mutual giving which you know i think the simplest answer is do it <laughs> but the first is to just to be open and honest and vulnerable and you go yeah but well guess what you cannot be open and honest and vulnerable because there is no mutual giving so therefore you won't be open and honest and nobody will mutually give and then you're going to be an island throwing a pot roast at joe midlow mm. my grandfather not my son right well and i think if like you're talking about a married couple and if they have hurt each other in whatever way like again being vulnerable is showing your weakness and that doesn't feel safe. So a couple may need a third party that feels safe mm-hmm. to get that ball rolling. 
You know what I mean? If somebody mm-hmm. doesn't feel like they can be open, honest, and vulnerable, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and be like, honey, we really need to talk. Like, you need somebody that is safe to sit down and the three of them work that out. You got to clean up the past hurts. Right. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel and I did an exercise when we were learning about this where we had to list on one side of the sheet of paper ways we've hurt our spouse. And on the other side, I think I did this with you guys. I don't know if I did it with you guys. And on the other side, ways they've hurt me. You know, ways I hurt Rachel, ways Rachel's hurt me. And you do this list separately, and then you come together and work through them. And I remember there was like one on my list. And I'm like, I don't want to write it down. We got past it, as Duke said. You know, and I don't want to bring it back up, whatever. I don't know. And I'm like, all right. And I wrote it down. And of course, when we get back together, you're kind of looking at each other's lists, like, how long is hers? How long is hers? Oh, gosh, oh, gosh. <laughs> and, when I br- and so I would confess, hey, I hurt you in this way. And when I brought that one up from at that point, probably 12 years earlier, she crossed off like seven on her list. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, yeah, I'm winning. But, <laughs> but, it, but that was a big hurt that yeah. was in there. And so when you clean that all up, man, now you're much more free, honey. That was really great for sharing. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty great. <laughs> yes. Um, you want to identify what your needs and your spouse. And again, this is, we're talking spouse, but this is true with your children. This is true, true with your friends. You got to know. What is RNQ? The relational needs questionnaire. Thank you for asking. If you visit lunchtimeinrome.com, you can hit the drop down menu and take that relational needs questionnaire. It's there. Yeah. It's hard to meet somebody's needs when they don't know what they are. And if they don't know what they are, well, there's a good chance you don't know either. I mean, if you listen to this, if you sit at the table with us every week, you're getting pretty well versed at them. And so like Duke, there's like in your family, I'll bet you know what your family's emotional needs are. 100%. Yeah. And they have no idea. 100%. Yeah. That's exactly right. You don't have any understanding of that. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it's infuriating because like you've known people that have been in their relationships for way longer than you and they still can't figure that out and, yes. they're, and they're infuriating tra- and they're trying to give you advice it's not like you can say anything you know right. what i mean right you know? so there's another podcast i don't even know what it's about but it's about yeah. that we're, we're stacking those That's, yeah. <laughs> the errands of uh, grievances oh. it'll be in their festivus yeah <clears throat> but it's good to be aware of what yours and the other person's emotional needs are uh so that you can give to meet them if you're just otherwise you're just shooting in the dark mm-hmm Thirdly, identify and communicate clearly how to meet those needs in tangible and identifiable ways. You know, the one of the one of the worst things is when you try to meet somebody's need and you 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 make an overt effort to mutually give, and they go like, "Okay, thanks," mm-hmm. and you're like, "No, I I just gave you affection." They're like, "Yeah, I know, I'm fine." Mm-hmm. And you're like, and you feel stupid. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you've talked about that. Like you don't want to feel stupid in a relationship. Right. And so it's important for the one person to be like, Hey, if you want to meet my need for affection, can you please give me a high five every morning? And you're like, really? I'm like, Oh, I, I thought you wanted a back rub. No, crush. Don't give me a back rub. Well, then you're going to feel stupid when you give him a back rub. But now, you know, Oh, it's just a high five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that is something we can do so much more in every relationship. Like, and I do that with the kids all the time. And honestly, it's probably more like here, here's a way to not 
hurt me. <laughs> Not necessarily, here's a way to meet my need. But look, when you say this, this really bothers me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm open, I'm honest, I'm vulnerable. I let them know, here is like the whole incorrect thing. Mm-hmm. That's a phrase I made up on my own. I, you know, I don't want to be corrected. I really don't want to be incorrected. Mm-hmm. Well, they've learned from that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I've stated that. And now I know if they do it, okay, no, that's, that's a problem. But if we can do it in a positive way as well, like today, I, Bella, hey, Mike, could you do the dishes for me? Which I never ask anybody to do the dishes. And she did. And mm-hmm. I felt supported. And I felt respected. Yay. Win-win. Mm-hmm. So it's good to do that. Um, and lastly, when they do at least make an effort, and especially when they do give, and it does meet your need, or they do comfort a hurt or apologize for a hurt, to not only thank them for the attempt, but if they've actually hit the mark, man, you got to make, you know, don't be stupid and don't make it a, don't make it weird. Yeah. But point out that they did that. And, uh, you know, we all want to be affirmed, even if you don't have a high need for that. It's, it still feels good to have that. So I hope that you can work on each of these three things. Are we going to put the show notes up there for them to look at or not? Oh, yeah. Do you like the evergreen? The, this, the, all these notes that we have in here are, are will be in the show. Correct. Notes. What um, evergreen? What? So we took a look. At, we took deep dives into each of the emotional needs, and we call them like the evergreen notes so that they can go back and get a deep dive into each emotional need. Yeah. But then they can also go get the full outline, um, and we'll add Duke's ill-equipped after. Not that Duke is ill-equipped. Yeah, I was very ill-equipped for this podcast. <laughs> e sub four will say... One person is ill-equipped to meet, to mutually give. Ah, okay. So this will all be there for people to reference. Man, people should go look at it. Treasure trove. Mm-hmm. That's it for episode 206. Please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media and visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. <laughs> <laughs> While there, take our relational needs questionnaire, the RNQ. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. Bye. Man, that was so much better than Chris. <laughs> See you next week. Aw, babe. <laughs> That's what Amy said. Bye. Uh, bye. <laughs> oh. Well, we won't tell. We won't say why. <laughs> Daddy was snoring. Where's Bella's blah 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 from third grade? I'm like, oh, right here. <laughs> Max isn't an older lady. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it becomes one way street. <laughs> Oh, my stars. (laughs) Did you just correct me? And they have no idea. 100%. Yeah, that's exactly right. You don't have any understanding of that. Okay.